Welcome to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. And we are back on Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. I'm Russ Coleman. Joining me, as always, is Steve Balistrieri, today in the Secret Square, and Derek Havens. This episode, we're going to look back at the Patriots' loss against the Dolphins, the opener for both teams. And then later on, we're on to Pittsburgh as we preview the upcoming game for the Patriots against the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road. So we have a lot to get to. Before I go to my co-host, I just want to mention this. I want to send our condolences for the uh, passing of uh, Queen Elizabeth. We, we do have a lot of listeners around the world, especially in the UK. So uh, we're thinking of you during this morning period and, uh, just want to just give a shout out to everyone around the world and, and condolences to everyone that is uh, mourning the passing of Queen Elizabeth. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Let's get to not wasting any time, just getting into talking about this game. Derek, I'm going to go to you first. We've got a lot to talk about in this game. We do. But let's just go to opening thoughts, and then we're going to break down a couple of key situations I want to go through with both of you guys. But let's just give me your opening thoughts. And then I'll go to Steve. Frustrating game. Uh, I guess from a defensive standpoint, I thought that they were better than I expected at times. I certainly, certainly there were some mistakes. There were some issues. And I mean, I said it before the season started. I think this defense is going to be a little Jekyll and Hyde at times, but just with how many young guys there were. But I thought the defense had a couple issues on um at times but I thought played better than expected offensively is really where I need to kind of share we'll be we'll be talking about a lot today um going back to the issues of the summer going back to the coaching um I thought the offense was frustrating uh it goes back to that first drive Russ you um Steve both both of you I've I've talked to both of you offline about this at, at nauseum and offensively the first drive was just absolutely beautiful, beautiful (laughs) until that interception. I thought the interception was just an absolute, you know, however you want to phrase it, flip the switch, whatever you want to say. Um, It was, yes, it probably was a penalty. There was a lot of physicality. I thought the receiver didn't make a move for the ball. I thought the ball placement was bad by the quarterback. if If that's on the outside shoulder, I think that's a penalty, but it is what it is. I felt like the offense really lacked a lot of creativity. It locked up. I thought when it was scheduled, the offense looked like it was moving. When it wasn't scheduled, it looked like somebody who didn't know how to call the offense. So I wonder if that's just inexperience for Matt, if that's lack of creativity. I don't know. We'll we'll know as the season goes on. But I thought execution was poor. Um, To put up seven points – just not good enough. Uh, and I thought the no. quarterback didn't play well. I thought the offensive line didn't play well. No. And honestly, just to wrap this up, I would say the offensive line is what I think is going to be the biggest issue for this offense moving forward because until they start playing better up front, they're not going to be able to execute anything else. And if you go back to the summer, the offensive line was the issue there too. I, I'm really worried about the group up front. To me, that's where I think it all starts. Okay, we'll talk about that a little bit because I want to talk about how it all works with Billy mm-hmm. Yates and Matt Patricia. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Before okay. I do, Steve, over to you. Just give me your opening thoughts, and then we're going to dial 
back over towards the offense. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all of Derek's points. I mean, um, I wrote it in my post-game report right after the game. There was a definite lack of creativity on the offense. They were very, very vanilla. It looked offensively overall like it was a first preseason game. You know, they only ran two personnel groupings all yep. day long. Um, and I agree with Derek. Uh, in that first drive, I'm watching them just drive with ease down the yep. field. Yep. And it was like five, know, it was like five yards, six yards, 12 yards. Yep. It was just chunk plays. Yep. And it, it was, it was really nice to watch. And the fact that they were, you know, using everybody on that first drive, they were spreading the ball around to everyone. Yep. And I'm thinking to myself when they got that first down on the 22, have they been playing possum all summer long? Because right. this didn't look like the team that we saw all summer. I mean, I thought that they were looking outstanding. And like Derek said, the ball placement could have been better. I think if it's more to the outside, it's either a penalty or a touchdown because I don't think Howard would have been able to get his hands on it. But, I mean, it was still catchable. You know, you can argue that it was interference. I believe it was. But, um, you know, those, those calls are what they are. And, you know, they're very subjective. And I, you know, it turned into a 10 point swing because not Just only like the that. Patriots knock at seven, Miami comes down, kicks a field goal. So that was a huge turning, you know, of the momentum there. Yep. Uh, overall, I thought the, uh, yeah, again, there was very little um, motion in the game. You know, we saw uh, Miami using Tyree Kill. They must have put him in motion like half the game. Right. And, you know, my thing, and we'll get more to that is, why didn't they have some of their speed guys, Aguilar or Bourne, being put in motion to get some separation? And what uh, I want to talk about groupings point. also. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, onto the defense, I agree with a lot of what Derek said as well there. I mean, if you're on the road and you give up 13 points to a you home should team win this game. And, and only allow 2.8 yards per rush. Yep. I mean, you should win the football game. Yep. I mean, I know the I know I know the offense like gave them seven points, but even if you give up twenty points in this day and age, you should win that oh, game too. Let's you be should honest. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> they, absolutely. The defense. The, this game is lost on the offensive side of the ball. Oh yeah. Well, and you know they had the right. the one blown play, and again mm-hmm. that goes to the personnel groupings. I want to talk yep. about later. <laughs> yep. So, but uh, you know, um, it was a game. You know. Uh, that it was entirely winnable. And a lot of people ridiculed Belichick for saying there was three big plays that turned that game. Well, I tend to agree with that. Well, that's very interesting. You say that because my thoughts on the loss, Derek, and I'll go to you first and then we'll dial back to really talk about more getting into the offenses. Steve said he wants to talk about the groupings and all that. We're definitely going to, but I think this is the point. When you look back at the game, and you and I talked about this last night off air, you said to me that the Patriots lost this game more than the Dolphins won it. 100%. And honestly, it's the turnovers, Derek, mm-hmm. because again, it's their own. As someone that watches a lot of tennis now, because of my son, unforced errors. There were unforced errors. There were a lot of errors that they caused on their own. Bad throws. You can give credit to the Dolphins in some of them, but these are these are big mistakes, Derek, that changed the game. 
I think where they lost it were on the turnover battle. This is where they lost the game. Yeah, I mean, look, there was there was like a couple of plays there that really, really flipped the game. And that fourth and seven was an absolute killer to Waddle. You know, that one, I, I, I go back to that one a lot. Um, I thought that, um, you know, Max blindside hit. I honestly think that was partially on him. I know people have pushed back on me on that. I yep. Look, the, I, it was a great disguise by the Miami defense and Josh Boyer, but very good quarterbacks do not get hit in the blindside like that. And I know Max only a second-year player. I'm not saying it's all on him, but how many times do you see Brady get hit like that? You know, or Rodgers or... Early on it, in their career, you would see it somewhat. I understand. I understand. Like I said, I'm not. I'm just telling you, it's more on the quarterback than you think it is. So, okay, okay. I, fair I, point. I'm just. I'm just saying, it's not all on the offensive line. The offensive no. line is going to take the closest guy. They're going to let the farthest guy go. It was a. No, it was he a sets up the protections, blitz. Derek. Yes, it, it, it was a. Dis, it was a disguised blitz. It was a well disguised one. He's a young quarterback. It's a mistake. I'm just saying it's not all it's not all on the offensive line there. Totally and agree. It that. happened last year a couple times too, where he got yep. hit way harder than he needed to on certain times. It's it's just a rookie, it's just an inexperienced thing. So no, that's, that's all a it good is. Point, um, Steve. And and again, going back to what you just said about the Dolphins disguising it, mm-hmm. because he was making adjustments at the line, he set the protection from what he was seeing. Yeah, and that's when they snuck Jones. And down. that's when they did it. Yeah, and, it was it was a checkers thing or ch- chess thing, Steve. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, and I I think that was on. Give Josh Boyer some credit for that. Oh, Absolutely, yeah. but I I think you know, Mac and Trent Brown both have to realize this guy's coming, mm-hmm. and, and there's nobody in the backfield at that point. So, and the know, tackles that, have been under a microscope this whole offseason. I thought that Isaiah Wynn played well and Trent Brown. Brown played like crap. I'm going to be honest. So I, okay. I <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that develops, but there's a lot of focus on those tackles too. And, okay. and, and, and to go off what Steve just said, I think it, and, and when Russ, what you brought up, it's like, yeah, the turnovers were the big issue. And by no means am I saying that the dolphins didn't deserve to necessarily win the game. I no, thought the dolphins, that, I thought the dolphins played well enough to win and they deserve to win. But I do, I do think that where the game were boils down to the Patriots handed this game to Three Miami. Or four I mean, plays, sir. Three they, or four they, plays. they, they, they lacked execution on a couple and I thought offensively they couldn't punch it in. I mean, yep. I, I do think with this defense, you're going to have games like this where there's gonna be some good and bad plays. I expect a little ebb and flow there offensively. What I'm frustrated with is it goes back to a lot of things that, that, you know, if you're, if you're a Patriots fan, this goes back to what almost every Patriots beat reporter has been saying for months, a lot of issues up front on the offensive line and the passing game, just not looking like it's up to par. And I thought that there were some plays that made you feel good and some plays that made you feel bad, but overall, it's hard to feel super optimistic about this offense right now. Okay, but Derek, this is going to go back to what both of you said. So I want to start here because we, again, we could talk about the offense. We can criticize it and it deserves to. But as I said to you, you've already touched on this just a little bit. What was going through your mind in that opening drive before the interception? You thought that it it looked really good. So that's the point that we, I think it's getting lost here is – for all the negativity, and it's warranted. They were doing a lot of good things in that opening drive, and not just the opening drive, too. They did some other good things. But as to Steve's point, I think they kept it very simple, probably because of the new play caller, 
the new style offense, whatever. They kept it very simple. They kept the groupings very simple, only a couple. <clears throat> but that opening drive, from what I watched this summer, this is why, and again, you can call me the optimist, but this is what I what I want to hold my hat on, saying they can do this. This is a point where you can build on. And then on top of it, guys, I'm going to throw this up to you as well. No three and outs, none. So that says something. That says that they're moving the ball. Are they, again, running into problems? Are they stagnant? To, to Steve's point, maybe they're, they're not being creative enough, but they are moving the ball. So my my negative spin on your positive take would be good. that I agree that the first drive was good, um, very good. Um, my worry, and we'll see. I mean, it, it's it's too small of a sample size to know. I'm not I'm not intentionally being negative. I just I really don't know about this. Right. Would be with a first year play caller. Is he is was it so good because he had time to script it or? Like and in the game, he doesn't know how to keep it creative and keep it loose. Where I feel like Josh had such a great feel of the game, but or... Josh didn't have that overnight either. No, no. And again, I, I'm like I said, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't know this. We won't know until we see it. But I and just Bill wonder if the same thing, how the way. game flow develops. Like, will Matt be able to kind of develop with it? Can can He's gonna can he? To. You know, can he learn to kind of keep it loose and keep it fluid? And I, I just, I just don't know because the first, like I said, first drive was great. After that, I thought it was fine, but it looked a little more clunky. It just didn't feel like it was. And was able to get into a rhythm. There was right. no creativity. There was no juice flowing. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see. I'm I am curious about that. But yes, yes, the first drive was very good until okay. that day. And that's my point, Stephen. Back over to you. You thought after that interception, before that, you thought the Patriots are playing possible because I think you thought that they were on to something. But to your point, when we're talking about how you felt, now we're also talking about. And I'm glad that Derek brought this up as well because. Give me your thoughts on what was going through your mind. But then as the, the half went on and the game went on, they were being very simplistic, as you told me. Is it because Matt Patricia is a new play caller, just has very little experience making adjustments? And do we just need to see him learn from this? What are your thoughts on this? Because Derek, again, said he doesn't know. I don't know. But I'm, but I'm thinking – that opening drive tells me if they can do that, and I saw none of that, none of that this summer. They're on to something. It's a starting point. Well, it, it was, but then, you know, I, again, I, I go back to the simplistic play calling and then their personnel groupings, which I've wanted to mention. Go ahead. It made Miami's job much easier because they only had two personnel groupings all day long. They went with 11 personnel, which is three wide, one tight end, one running back. And they went to 12, which was two tight ends, two wide receivers, and a running back. When they were in 12, you know, they had Devontae Parker and Jacoby Myers on there. And now, you know, with your two tight ends, they're, they're all good players, but none of them have the element of speed that the defense has to respect. Right. Because now you have four guys who are possession guys, but can't stretch the field. So Miami's not respecting that speed, nor should they. So they were crowding everything, especially across the middle. And 
you know, my thought was when they go to, you know, the 12 personnel, Aguilar or Bourne should have been on the field and then put in motion like Miami was doing with Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. He gets a free release. You have a guy with speed now that the defense has to account for. And I think, you know, it opens up a lot more of uh, the field for the receivers to work in, and it makes the quarterback's job a heck of a lot easier. I know that one of the knocks on Jones was the fact that, you know, he was trying to float passes in rather than zip it in. I mean, I think that stemmed from there was a lack of separation on the field, and he was forced to get it, try to pinpoint it, rather than just zip the ball where somebody's going to get their hand on it. And, you know, I I looked at that all game long, and I I like all their receivers, but you need, in my opinion, you need to, to mix it up. You know, there was very little play action. There was very little motion. There was none of the misdirection and stuff like that. And you have to have that in today's game because the defenses are way too fast. You have to get them moving in the wrong way. You have to get them reacting to you. I, 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 that, I agree with that, Steve, but like, like I am curious to see if we see that more over these next couple of games where where we they have the opportunity to get a little more creative because that to me honestly is a big concern. I felt like it like I said before, I'm the play calling thing is a little overrated in terms of actually calling the plays. I think that someone like I, I, I trust but that. But Derek, you need to make that. the adjustments though. Yes, but the it's the adjustments and it's the creativity that are worrying me. That's that to me is that's okay. like we don't we we won't know we it's I hate to do this on podcast because it's boring, but it's like <laughs> we can't say right now what it's gonna be. We won't know until we later. don't know though. Yeah, you know, yeah, we don't but know. As as Russ's favorite media personality, Mike Felger says, we have a oh. show to do today. Oh, so God. we have oh, to we, oh. we have you gotta to bring something. that name up right now, Derek. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you're gonna bring That's up awesome. that name because I'm gonna ask you guys in a little bit different okay. way, you know. We can be negative on this. I'm going to be asking your thoughts just in general on the Kendrick Bourne situation. Mm. To Steve's point, this affected how they played. Okay, let's be honest here, Steve. You needed speed on that field. He was on for one play, one offensive play. That's it, where he made an impact. So I'm going to ask you, how much (laughs) of an impact or lack of impact was this Bourne situation? The, and we're hearing that it might be disciplinary. Who yep. knows? Okay. Well, I've heard you know, he's he's been in the doghouse for several weeks. Yep. Okay, for either a missed meeting or a late meeting. Okay, it's time for Patricia to get past that. Yes. That's crap, in my opinion. Okay. You you benched him for the Carolina game or whatever, you it's know, been like a had, month and a half. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm okay. not okay. disagreeing with you him. on this, uh, Derek then, and Steve. I'm then not you bench him for the Giants game. Okay, enough. Okay, this is your biggest playmaker from 2021. Okay, 2021, he was your biggest big game kind of guy. And, you know, it's time to get over that. You bench him for the entire game. You put him on for one play. He catches a 41-yard pass, which they should have been attacking that corner all game long. And they did that's That is, again, on coaching. <sighs> That's not Adam Archuleta pointed this out. I don't know at least five times. At during least the game. five times, like at least. Go ahead, Russ. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So and, and it's like, ahead, 
Okay, then as soon as he makes a big play, you take him out. <laughs> what is the issue here? Your offense is struggling to move the football. You put this guy in for one play. Yeah. He, he gets a 41-yard bomb on a perfectly executed play with him and the quarterback, and then you take him right out? Well, That's my coaching. understanding is around the Carolina situation and based on the reporting – is that he was late to a team meeting. Then in Carolina, he had the fight, uh, or in New England, but versus Carolina in training camp, he had the fight. And then he wasn't ready for a drill with his equipment. The official dismissed him before he could participate, and then Bill ripped him. So you had multiple different things stacking up. I'm sure there were other things too. So I get it. I do get it. What? My point on Bourne is there's a way to do it. And again, I'm not a coach. We're not coaches, right? As Steve said, you can discipline the player, but at some point, maybe you sit him out of a series or two. Well, right. But the entire game up they, until the very end of the game, they sat, that they to me sat is him it too far. They sat him that game though. Yeah. You know? they, and they, and this, they basically and that was, sat, that was, that was they Malcolm butlered him. I hate to go there, but they did. No, but this goes way beyond that. They sat him for Carolina. They sat him for the giants and now they sit him for week one. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is over a yeah. month. This is a long time. Yeah. Like, what are I we mean, doing? Come here? on. That's that's just plain stupid. I agree. No, if, if, I if, he's, if he if he if there was that much issue, they should have just weird. cut him. Uh, honestly, especially I, I mean, you're you're looking at your offense struggling all day yep. long, and and you you lack that element of speed. Yep. Why not put the speedy guys on the field? I I don't get it. I'm with you. I, it, I, makes, I, I it makes it makes no sense. Was, it makes no sense. I'm, I mean, I, I was starting to wonder if he was actually hurt. And that's why he wasn't playing on Sunday. But then he comes in, makes a big play, and they yank him right out. I, I thought that Bourne – I mean, he, he came in and showed it right away, right? We talked about this last right. year. Uh, J- Jacoby Myers did his normal Jacoby Myers stuff, which was get open and catch the ball. And I the only thing that sucks about Jacoby Myers, and I and I and like I said, I, I really do like him, is he's just not athletic enough to really be dangerous. No yuck. And, I mean, he did make a hell of a play on that sideline. Great okay? And, and again, I don't – it sucks because I don't want to disparage him, but at the same time, it's it's just a fact. He's just not as athletically talented as some of these other guys. So when you have Kendrick in the game, instantly makes a play, like Steve just alluded to. And okay. the Patriots need that. They just don't have any dynamic ability on the field w- at, at some of these times with, the, with some of the personnel they're rolling out. I thought John who I know he didn't do anything. I, and this sounds stupid to say for someone you just, you handed $50 million to over a year ago. I thought John who looked better with the ball in his hands than he did last year. He looked more comfortable. Maybe yeah. I'm reading into it. Maybe I'm an idiot. We'll find out. I thought He's he looked, looked more like comfortable. that all summer. Yeah. And and last year, if you remember, when he had the ball in his hands, it looked like a baby giraffe trying to walk for the first time. It was just like it looked so difficult. And I thought it looked better. We'll see if it means anything. I don't know. Okay. But I will say this. I do think that the offense will get better. I have faith of it. But like I said before, I do think the biggest issues are coming from up front. And that's what I'm worried about because that's not an easy fix. So no, if they can fix not- up front, I feel better about everybody else. I just don't know if we're going to get that. That's my well, biggest concern. Derek, and Matt Patricia is the offensive line coach, but let's be yes. honest. They're grooming someone to take over. Billy so Yates. they are going to be some growing pains there, and that's Billy Yates, like you just said. So I understand your concern, 
I'm glad that you actually called out Mac Jones for the protection issues because I agree with you on that. It, it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. He will learn from that. The question that big question I have coming out of this, and we'll see what happens this week. Will they learn from their mistakes, Steve? Will they become more creative against Pittsburgh? Because I think they have it in them. Like you just said, they were basic here. They came up with two groupings and that's it. Will they now adjust and will they open things up a little bit? And by the way, will they use Kendrick Bourne in this game? We know that offensive coordinator is a full-time job. We know that offensive line is a full-time job. And you have someone in charge in Matt Patricia who is in charge of both things. And when I know, you have issues on both, when you have issues in both areas, it's hard not to look at that and say, yep. like, <laughs> okay, we yeah. understand. Like, I, I, and that's why it goes back to Bill Russ, where it, again, I'm not trying to fire anybody, but it makes me frustrated as a fan, as just just from a, a just a strict fan perspective. How can you not be frustrated when you when we? Just three idiots can see all these issues in these in these two areas, and I should say one idiot and two absolute studs. Next yeah, time. I'll go. With, okay. I'll go with that. Okay. Yeah, so, I'll, well, maybe three idiots was closer. Okay. No, no. The, when we have when we the, have when the, we the can guys, sit I'll, here, I'll when we can sit on our couch and be like, hmm, "There's a there's some offensive line issues. There's some play calling issues. We can see that. We know Bill can see it. So to me, it's like." I understand that you, you know, people will be like, oh, well, you know, being a little too harsh, whatever. He's the one making these people in charge. It's frustrating because it seems like it's coming from one spot and that decision was made by Bill. So that to me is the biggest thing where it's like, yeah, maybe maybe Billy Yates is being groomed, Russ. Yeah, that's but, what I think, Derek. Oh, do I want to fire someone? I want to fire Russ. That's what I want to fire Claire. Um, well, see, Claire, Claire told me she, this was coming at the time of her dinner, so oh, she sure. didn't think she'd be able to listen in. But see, you mentioned John o. Smith, so then yep. her antenna yeah. all the way across the pond lit up. Oh, and all so of a now, sudden, now she's, Claire she's, was like, Derek's talking tight end. That's so funny. But, you know, on, 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 in all seriousness, no, I, I, I just don't I understand it, and – We'll see. The season is is just starting, so we don't know how it's going to play out. But if it's like this the rest of the season, it's hard not to look at at Bill. You know, Russ. Again, I'm not not to fire him, but you, you, he is put he put it on himself to question him solely. He is the one who is making all these decisions. He let Brasillo or uh, Carmen Brasillo go to the go to the Vegas Raiders. He he could have brought somebody else in. He chose to stick with Billy Yates and put Matt Patricia in charge. I just have to look at it and say, to me, I'm worried about the creativity and about the protection. And so we'll see what happens. But to me, it's like, yeah, it. Some of it is a little harsh criticism, but some of it's deserved. So we'll see what happens. Okay. And you you know, one more thing I'd, I'd like to add to the offensive line thing um go ahead um you know when when you uh look at the big picture of things um i thought the offensive line other than those two sacks where they had communications issues yep i i thought the pass protection wasn't that bad now i will caveat that with this um you know miami had um what was it um, two, just the two sacks, right? And you know, but that was probably game plan 
you know, issues because the Patriots decided they were going to get the ball out of Mac's hands really quickly. Right. And, and so that might've had something to do with it. Um, but at the same time, I thought the offensive line struggles in the running game, you know, they, they tried those wide zone things. I think, Two or three times. I think it was they had my count was three, Steve. Yeah. Three? Okay. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. didn't work. And, and they, I know they went for negative two yards. Right. So, uh, that, you know, and even when they went back to the Patriots regular style, you know, running game, there was a lot of missed assignments in there. Too many Miami guys were able to shoot gaps or, you know, whatever. Yep. And, you know, the running game, other than Damian Harris really struggled. And even they got him a couple of times. But he, I thought you know. Stevenson was slow to hit the hole on a lot of these. Where last year I didn't feel like that. And maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to go back and look at the game again tonight. But I I felt like Stevenson was a little indecisive behind the line. And that was something that wasn't um, an issue for him last year. I thought he was really quick. Um, I don't know if that's one of those like sophomore issues, if it was just a one game thing. I don't know what it is, but I did we'll think say. Stevenson was a little slow to hit that hole, Steve. But did you see that? Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it looked like he was struggling to find a, a gap where, mm-hmm. you know, um, I thought Damian Harris had really good vision in this game because it, there was a couple of his runs, you know, where it didn't seem like there was anything there. And then he saw there was a gap to the outside. He bounced it out. Yeah. And he was able to make some really positive yardage. And to his credit, I mean, they they actually only had two pl- tackles, uh, you know, plays for loss in the backfield. But, you know, wh- when it came to the running game, they, they just weren't able to generate enough up front, you know, to push Miami back. And I thought okay. Cole Strange, you know, for a rookie performance, I thought he had a Pretty good game. He had a couple of issues here and there. Um, he was he was set for a little bit at the beginning of the game, but it wasn't. I don't think it was a performance issue. I think it was a kind of like a rotation issue with yeah. the heat. But that, at least that's my. I, I don't know that for certain. I was just well. He, take he on got it. he he got sat immediately after the sack by Emmanuel Ogba. Yeah, but I I again I I, I looked at, I've looked at it a couple times. I don't. I mean, I don't know what your take is. I I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was like, hey, you're doing a crappy job. We're going to sit you down. I thought it was a kind of like, hey, collect yourself. Let's, you know, get back out there kind of thing. But I don't know. I, mean, I, I, I It's too early to tell. But I thought he was okay. You know, we'll see. I'm, I wasn't really too worried about him in the first place between Andrews and Brown. Um, but I do worry about collectively, like I said, we said, the offensive line. I, I want to see they, that need, that group needs to be whatever, 10, 15% better if they want to have some success on offense this year, because I do think a lot of those issues go back to that. So I will be worried about that, Russ, until we see some, until they correct that moving forward. Okay. And just my quick thoughts on the coaching staff and all that. And then I want to talk briefly about the defense. We talked a Mm -hmm. lot about the offense, but just on the coaching staff and, and Derek, you and I talked about this. You don't want Bill fired. You want him on the hot seat. My whole thing on the hot seat no, thing. Want him on the hot seat? But yeah. I'm just saying, I think the hot seat's a cop out. That once everyone here wants to put him on the hot seat, I want to say it's media related because they want to have two years to talk about Bill being on the hot seat and all this stuff. But <laughs> I say take a stand. Either you want him fired or you don't. 
you're not a little bit pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. So <laughs> either you want him fired or you want him to stay. So, my my thing is too, and I said this to you yesterday, Russ. Yep. Uh, and you know we can disagree. I, I I understand you think Bill has, you know, carte blanche, like he can do whatever. That's just me. That's just I, me. And I and I, you're not alone in that thinking. My my thing is, and we'll see how the season plays out. Okay. When you it let's say the season goes like we like this last Sunday went where they're kind of middle of the road and they have issues on the offensive line and the play calling. Like, like I just said, my, my little frustrated rant, it's hard to look at anybody else than him because he's the one who ultimately made those decisions. Robert Kraft at the owners meetings unsolicitedly brought up how Bill uh, and the, and the Patriots haven't won a postseason game in three years. If they don't make the playoffs this year, I just wonder if, if, it's getting a little warm. That's all. And, and I don't think he should necessarily be fired. I'm not saying all that, but I do, I do think I can understand where those questions will come in. Yeah. So we'll see how yeah. it goes. I mean, it's too early to yeah. tell right now. I'm not going to, it's one week. I'm not going to overreact to one week, but it, okay. it is, it is. I will say this. It is frustrating to have some of these issues that we're talking about right now that yeah. were issues all summer long kind of extend yep. into the regular season. So we'll yep. see. okay. Well, I just want to just share this and then we're going to move on. I was just going to say about the coaching staff. My point is that bill has done this with the coaching staff since he was a coach with the Colts, meaning that he wants to groom his coaches from the really bottom and, and have them learn their way up. And that's what you're seeing from Billy Yates. He brought back two former coaches Yes, he left a lot of coaches go, but that's why you don't see a lot of coaches from the outside. People don't understand that. But it's his way. It's just but pause it's his that. Way. Pause that, Steve. I need your opinion on this, honestly. I, 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 because Russ is making a good point, and I'm just again, this is just frustrated fan Derek here today. But <laughs> why would he let Mick Lombardi and Carmen Basillo and all these guys leave if he wants to groom everybody in house? He let like ten coaches go to Vegas. So what are we doing? Why are there no coaches well, here? The, it pisses the, me the off. One- the one guy that they didn't allow to leave was Nick Cali, who apparently is pissed off because he wasn't allowed to leave. So it's right. like, I don't get it. And so why wouldn't you groom him to be your next offensive? This was my thought through all of the offseason. They were going to groom Nick Cali, and then Matt Patricia would be up in the booth mm-hmm. watching stuff from above and helping him out. And and again. If we're talking about a young guy who's being groomed to take over and they struggle a little bit, just like we talked with the linebackers, yep. Derek, you know, in the offseason, if they struggled that way, I don't really have a problem with it because you're grooming this guy for bigger and better things. Agreed. And I thought that it made a whole lot more sense to put Patricia in the booth. He can see things from a defensive, you know, a defensive lens because that's what his you know, he was a coordinator for her. So when he's seeing things, he can talk to Nick either down on the field or beside him in the booth. You know, okay. I, yeah, I so think Russell, that the Patriots play. like to have their offensive coordinator on the field like they've done for so many years. Yep. But at the same time, I thought that made a ton more sense. Okay. And, you know, they did let these guys go, but you can't stop them from leaving if they're going no. for a higher position. No, and I get totally. that. And Russ, to your point, like I said, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just frustrated because I, I know they want I know they want to groom internally, but then they have all this turnover, and that makes it almost impossible to do. And then it's, it's, ha- it's like harder. Some of their issues come from coaching, and yeah, now it's, it's like, well, 
<laughs> there's no coaches here, yeah. so no shit. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you guys. Listen, we, we do need to move on. One final note before we move on, talk briefly about the defense. I just want to say this because you guys were t- bringing up, uh, I believe Derek, you were bringing up the ownership of uh, Robert Kraft. And I'm going to say this and uh, read into it whatever way you want to read into it, but there is a reason why Mac Jones is the quarterback of the New England Patriots. And I'll leave it at that. There's a reason why he is the quarterback. So let's move on. Steve is shaking his head. I think he knows where I'm going on that. I know where you're going. Okay. So I just wanted to share that because when we talk about Robert Kraft, just remember there's a reason why he's the the quarterback. Why why Tom Brady is not here anymore. Correct. (laughs) Correct. Not Bill Belichick, as everyone keeps saying. He should have fired Bill. Bill was all on board with keeping Brady here. But it was RKK. It's all right. Seth Wilkerson will have that in the book. And like, yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Guys, just because we've spent so much time on the offense, briefly on the defense, the one thing that I do want to mention, we've already talked a little bit about it, has to do with the defense only giving up 13 points. Steve, in most games, as you, you guys have already said, this is good enough to win. They had a breakdown for that touchdown that is. Something that you should never give up. Let's just say that. But overall, I thought they passed the test here. Overall, I thought the defense played a really good football game, certainly well enough to win. They had, you know, three sacks, seven tackles for losses, something the Patriots haven't had a lot of in the past few years, you know, and uh, they had so many chances for turnovers. And just like the preseason, they couldn't. they couldn't bring it home, and that's something they have to work on. Okay. And I, I know it's week one overreaction, and I'm guilty of that more than anyone. However, go back to that touchdown at the end of the half. Miami called timeout. Yep. There's less than a half minute to go in the half. It's fourth and seven from the Patriots, 42. When they called that timeout, I want to ask each and every one of you, were you thinking – that Miami was going to throw the football. Oh, you you really want to know? No, I did not think they were going to throw the football. You didn't think I, they were going to throw it? I thought they were going to run it, Steve. Yeah, I, I did too. I really did. I thought they were just going to. I mean, fourth, really? fourth. Well, fourth and seven. Are, are okay? So I'm sorry. I'm, Wait a maybe I'm misunderstanding. Wait a minute. What was the yardage on that? What was the yardage on that? Was the yardage it was on fourth that? and seven. Oh, that's yeah. But so okay, okay. I thought you meant leading up to it. So no. I thought no, you meant third no, down. I'm talking no, about fourth down. Yes, when they went for it, I knew they yes. were going to throw up. Of but, course, they were going to third down. I thought they were going to run. I thought they were going right. to run. Right, third okay. down. I agree with you there. I thought they were going to run, but when they call timeout at fourth and seven, yeah, no, hmm. they're going to throw on it. the Patriots fourth and forty-two yard line. I'm thinking they're going to throw the football. Get the f back. Okay, so yeah. what they did was they brought in Jabril Peppers. Put him right up against the line. He's watching the tight end. I totally agree with that. That's what he's there for. But the the deep linebacker who takes the deep drop is Juwan Bentley. Ugh. And, you know, this is why you traded for Mac Wilson. And I, I still think, looking back, I watched that tape. If Mac Wilson is on the field, Tua doesn't even throw that ball. Because and you know what, though, Steve, too? It's like it was tough because you had Bentley and Duggar, and as good as Duggar played in this game, his Achilles heel is coverage, and Bentley, too. And it's like you had them both, and just a 
right. just a but rough it's, spot. It's fourth and seven. Yeah, they have to get a first down mm-hmm. because they're not really in field goal range. Right. And then I'm watching that, and Bentley has always been liability and coverage. He's a he's a really good football player. Don't get me wrong, I like him. But again, this goes to the defensive coaches. Why not put Wilson in there? Because his specialty is coverage. Mm-hmm. And I think he would have got, got over to that gap. Even right. though Jalen Mills got beat by Waddle, that middle gap would have been covered up. And I don't even think Tua would throw that pass there. He would have had okay. to go elsewhere. Okay. I don't and understand I think- some of their decisions from a front seven. You know, Tavai got a lot of playing time. Is Although, it- to be fair, I – I didn't think he had an overly big amount of issues this week, but I haven't liked what I've seen in the past, so we'll see how it goes. But I don't understand the Tavai obsession. Bentley, I thought, I agree with you, Steve. I feel like Mac seems like he should be getting more playing time than they're willing to give him, and I don't really understand it. Derek, Um, overall on the defense, your thoughts, and then we're going to move on. To sum it up, it'd be very similar. It was exactly how I kind of expected them to look going into the season. I think they have a young defense. I thought the defense held up pretty well, but it's a young defense and it's a newer defense in terms of chemistry. So you're going to have some up and down moments. And I thought they did. Unfortunately, two or three of those moments, um, you know, led to them losing this game. But again, I don't think it was overall in the defense. I think they lost the game on the offensive side of the ball, but I, I do think defensively, um, there's some things to clean up. I thought Dietrich Wise had probably one of the best games I've ever seen Played him play. Well. I thought, um, I thought, uh, sorry, I thought Kyle Duggar strong. played. How about ex- Kyle Duggar besides the play? Kyle Duggar played extremely well um, outside of one or two plays. Um, I thought, you know, Kyle Duggar can just hit, lay some wood. Like, literally, he can. When he hits someone, he, he makes a statement. I mean, it really is uh, impressive. Um, I thought Jonathan Jones had a pretty good game yeah. following Tyreek. Uh, not an easy assignment. Um, overall, like I said, overall, I'm I, very impressed with the defense. Thought it was pretty good. A couple things to clean up. I do think you're going to have some up and down moments, but overall, I thought very well. Okay, good stuff. Great start to the show. We're 45 minutes in. So <laughs> coming up next, we're going to preview the upcoming game for the Patriots against the Steelers. Okay, guys. We got about 15 minutes left in the show, so let's finish up by talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Only 15 minutes because Derek spent 45 minutes bitching about the offense. Yes, so. that would be true. <laughs> I apologize. That, this is all out. your fault, Derek. I agree. I agree with you. It's all yeah. your fault. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Balistrieri, give me your opening thoughts on the Pittsburgh Steelers. What a wild ending to a game against the Cincinnati Bengals. I watched that on Red Zone. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, I, I watched the you know, the final few minutes after the Patriots game. And my Lord, what a crazy game that was. I mean, normally when a team has their quarterback sacked seven times and he threw, he turns the ball over five times, you have no business being in that game. And yet Cincinnati only failed to win in regulation when their backup snapper floated the the extra point attempt back to the holder and it got blocked. Um, It was just absolutely crazy. But, you know, the Steelers showed a lot of resolve. They hung in there. Um, I think their defense looks really, really strong. I I don't think their offense looked entirely great. Um, 
Mitch Trubisky was kind of Mitch Trubisky, what we've yep. come to expect from him. Yep. But, you know, he he's a veteran. They made him a captain. I thought that was a smart idea from Mike Tomlin, give him a little more responsibility where he feels like, you know, if he makes one mistake, he's not going to be yanked out of the game. So we're, like he had been in other places. But, um, you know, I, I think the Steelers have always made their – you know, reputation on defense, and their defense looked pretty darn good on Sunday. Okay. Excellent stuff. Derek, your opening thoughts on the Pittsburgh Steelers? Um, my opening thoughts would be, I think that you're, the defense is going to have an opportunity to uh, kind of continue what they built, started to build from week one. Um, I don't think the Steelers' offense is overly scary. Obviously, Najee Harris needs to be accounted for. Deontay Johnson needs to be accounted for. Everybody else, I'm not really too worried about. I mean, they have they have guys that can make plays, but I think if you can limit Johnson and Harris, you're really in pretty good shape from that side of the ball. Really, this game to me, guys, is really about the offense kind of establishing themselves, you know, it, uh, you know, we, we talked about it at nauseum to start the show, right? But the offense performance wasn't good enough for the Patriots and it's a, it's a tough go against a defense against a pretty good Steelers defense, but their, their best player is going to be sidelined for the next month and a half, two months. So that got a little bit easier. Mac needs to have a good game this week and the offense needs to find some, some way to gel and get and build some momentum moving forward because they're going to need to score some points in these coming weeks right afterwards. And, you know, you can't seven points. It's just not good enough. Not, not at all. So um, to me, this is all about kind of them getting back on track and this offense needs to declare itself a little bit here. Okay. I'm going to share a question from Claire question, guys. How do you foresee the Pats containing the fantabulous tight end Friar Muth? Am I saying that right, Steve? Yes. I would like to put Adrian Phillips now, now going back to Steve talking about the fourth and seven play, that was right after Adrian Phillips got hurt. If that play isn't there, I don't. I wonder if that goes differently because Phillips is phenomenal in coverage. Okay. So I, I just put Phillips on I, him. And- I have one question for Claire. Why the hell are we talking about a tight end that's not on the Patriots? <laughs> what are we doing well, here? You know, you know how it is. I'll, I'll, I'll answer that question. Uh, earlier okay. today, Claire and I did a podcast with a, um, a guy from Steelers um, <laughs> Radio. Uh, yes, I heard Ra- it went great. Yeah, Ralph Williams, great guy. Uh, yep. I've done several with him. I was a guest on his show in Pittsburgh. He had to mute a bunch of the uh, comments when we were talking Patriots. But uh, Ralph's a great guy. And he, he was talking about Friermuth with Claire because as we well. Oh, Claire must have been just in her glory. Well, I saw her. Uh, she's like, well, I want to ask you something. And then I knew it was coming. I already started smiling. So, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Very good. I do want to mention this also from our friend Chris Goodwin. Beware of the Brian Flores factor come Sunday. I totally agree, Chris. And, we're definitely going to be talking Claire, about that. Claire mentioned Najee Harris has that yep. ankle injury. They thought it was worse than it was when it happened. But from what I've seen, at least, I mean, we'll see. But from what I've seen, at least, that it's not as bad as they thought. So I think he dodged a bullet there. So if he's on the field, then he should be a factor. I mean, I don't think he's the most dangerous running back in the world, but he has a lot of talent. There's no doubt. And their, and their offense goes through him. So um, he's definitely, you know, if he's not, I don't think he's one a, but he's one B, you know, in terms of, you know, defensive priorities should go. 
Okay. All right, guys, let's get to it. Mr. Balsteri, which team has the advantage when the Patriots are on offense and the Steelers are on defense in the passing game? Right now, unless we see something change, I'm giving the nod here to Pittsburgh because the Patriots showed a definite lack of creativity. Pittsburgh showed more than enough ability to get after the quarterback, the Brian Flores factor. Brian Flores um, factor, yeah. Yeah, on Sunday. And, you know, Derek, about his 40-minute rant about the offensive line, there you go. I think Yeah, about steal. 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, guys. 40 but, uh, I'm a little upset. I, I give the advantage no, right no. here to the Steelers until I okay. see something different. Okay. Mr. Havens, which team has the advantage when the Patriots are on offense and the Steelers are on defense in the running game? Um, I'm going to give the edge to the Patriots. I, I do think that I, I do think that the Steelers have a pretty good defense overall, but the only thing I really trust the Patriots to do is just to run, especially if they're not going to be doing the wide zone stuff like we yep. talked about. Like I, If they're going to do that every once in a while, then it is what it is. They're going to work on that. But we saw them go back to a lot of the Patriots' staples running plays in this sure Miami did. game, and uh, I think Damian Harris is a good player, and I think Stevenson is better than what he showed last week. So I'll give them the slight edge. I do think that – there are some players in that Patriot, or I'm sorry, that Steelers defense that deserve a lot of respect, like Cam Hayward up front. I mean, even with TJ Watt out, I still think he's a very good player, and there's several others. But I, I, I think the Patriots do have the edge in the running game. Okay, right back to you, Derek. Which team has the advantage when the Patriots are on defense and the Steelers are on offense in the passing game? It's tough. I, 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 this is closer than I feel like. I, I, I would, <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm considering leaning this way but i'm going to give the edge to the patriots surprisingly wow. i i do i do like their versatility um in the secondary i'm worried about two things i'm not worried about firemouth i'm sorry claire okay <laughs> i think he's a fine player i just don't think he's dangerous um if okay. they can if they can limit deontay johnson and not let him make any explosive plays which we're gonna get do, a bad comment on that I mean, yeah, I get that. It's fine. I mean, last year, Deontay Johnson was targeted 169 times. Okay. He's involved a lot in yeah. their game. So you're going to, for seven to 10 plays, he's going to be, he's going to be, you know, given the opportunity to get the ball in his hands. And I think that if they, they can double cover him and just make sure Najee Harris doesn't just kind of take out control uh, of, of the backfield, I think they're going to be able to kind of dictate everything. And what I'm, I'm guessing is they're going to either put, a quicker linebacker or a safety on Najee Harris in the passing game, just kind of spying him um, it, it, so that he doesn't, you know, kind of create some plays in the flat. But I, I do think the Patriots have the advantage here. Okay. Thank you, Claire, for that comment. <laughs> Steve, over to you. Claire's Who has the advantage? Cold. Yeah. Claire, Claire hates me today. She's <laughs> unbelievable. Who has the advantage when the Patriots are on defense and the Steelers are on offense in the running game? Well, you know, normally with the Pittsburgh team, I would give them the advantage here. But Najee Harris factor here. Yeah, uh, and I, I really like Najee Harris. I watched him all through college. I think he's fantastic. <laughs> but, you know, I, I was pretty impressed with the Patriots' run defense last week. And if Harris isn't 100%, you know, granted, um, you know, he's supposed to play. But, you know, he did suffer that ankle injury. And right. even if he does, it's probably not going to be 100%. And again, I, I was kind of impressed. I, I was a little worried about the Dolphins 
new look running game with that wide zone coming from Mike McDaniel. They brought in two speedy guys, Chase Edmond, Raheem Mostert. Didn't do much, Steve. No, the, the between the two of them, they only gained 41 yards on the ground on 16 carries. Yeah, it's very that's that's, that's really good. That's encouraging, Steve. Honestly. So I'm gonna give the edge to the Patriots here. Okay, good. All right. We Look have at some edges on the Patriots defense. I kind of like it. Okay, <laughs> to end the show, three keys to victory and a prediction. Mr. Balsheri, give me your three keys to victory and your prediction. I'm sorry for laughing. I was looking at Claire's <laughs> the, comment. the comments are killing me right now. <laughs> If you're not if you're not watching live, I apologize, but this is the, the comments are top notch. Oh, this is great. There it is. Uh, my three keys to victory, Russ, getting back to the football thing. I I think they have to stay ahead of the chains offensively. Okay. Um, you can't get in third and long against this defense, or they they'll smother you. So they have to stay ahead of the chains. They have to be, you know, second and short, third and short all game long, which is going to be difficult considering you know, how they played last week. But, you know, this is what they have to do. I think the other thing, you know, um, they have to get the speedy guys involved in this week. You know, they can't let Pittsburgh just flood the, the short, intermediate, you know, passing areas. Because that, I mean, we saw what happens. So, and, and the third thing, I think defensively, you know, I th- if you continue what you did last week and just generate a couple of turnovers to help the offense that's struggling right now, I think if they do that, th- they can be successful. Will mm. they do that? I'm not so sure. Okay. And what's your prediction, Steve? 20 to 10 Pittsburgh. Ooh, we're going 20 oh. to 10 Pittsburgh. Wow. Okay. Mr. Havens. Your three keys to victory and your prediction. Will you agree with Mr. Balsteri and give it to the Steelers? We'll find out in just a second. I I always agree with – well, I should say I mostly agree with with uh, Steve on some things. Um, I would say I think my, my first key for the Patriots would honestly just – I want them to tighten up on that offensive line. Just They need to have a better display than they did last week. To me – so many issues. I, I just, I know we've talked about it at length today, but so many issues start up front with them. And I, I don't think they can improve offensively if they can't fix that offensive line. So to me, it, it has to be better up front. Second key to me is to limit explosive plays from Pittsburgh. I don't think they have an explosive offense per se, but I also think that if the Patriots defense can make them kind of grind it out on that side of the ball, I just think that will they'll slow the game down. They'll control the tempo that way. And my last key for me is I want to see um, I want to see Matt kind of get into a rhythm here. And I know that sounds kind of simplistic. And, and part of part of these issues are simplistic, but it goes back to what we saw from Week One. And I just felt like Mac didn't look very comfortable outside of a handful of spots last week. And I'd like to see him kind of get rolling. Cause I think that if they can do that, they can build up some momentum. I actually feel better about this game and I don't know why. So <laughs> I know uh, why Steve, Steve went with a 10 point Patriots loss. I'm going with the 10 point Patriots win. Wow. I think the, I think the offense is going to click and I think the defense had a good performance last week and they're going to, make the Steelers offense looked kind of like the handicapped version that it is. And I'm going 27, 17 Patriots. Wow. Wow. That is crazy. They don't call me the most optimistic member of the show for nothing. 
That's crazy. <laughs> wow. 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 We are just going all over the place now. Before we I'm sorry. Finish I, didn't up, mean I, know, I know. I know. Before we finish the show, I just wanted to say this to our good friend, Claire Cooper. Claire, you are welcome on the show anytime. You are a valued person. And I just want to say you can come on the show anytime because as long as you give it to Derek, you are good in my book. So thank you, Claire. Excuse thank me. you very much. Okay. <laughs> she, got, she got mad at so, me for my Patriots report card when I'm I put sure the tight ends a C. Doesn't take much, but listen, <laughs> I, I I understand. I understand. But on to my prediction, and Derek is going to grin because I wrote this down already. Steve, I'm going with 20 to 10, but I'm going 20 to 10 Patriots. And the reason oh. his name, Mitch Trubisky. That's the reason why I'm going 20 to 10 Patriots. I think that. I cannot stand this quarterback. I don't, again, it's one of the reasons. I also can't stand the Steeler fan base, the biggest toolbag fan base in all of football. <laughs> but overall, I just don't think that they're that good. I don't think they're that good. The thing that gives me pause is the Brian Flores factor going back to our friend Chris Goodwin. He could end up being right. And if he's right, then Steve is definitely going to be right. And I'm going to be wrong. Russ, I'm telling you right now, and I'm this isn't this isn't a joke. If the Patriots do not win this game, they are very good chance to win under seven games this season. Oh, here we go with this. Okay. I'm serious. I'm okay. telling you. I'm just telling you right now. I was optimistic now, but I'm back, baby. And I'm telling you, this <laughs> okay. the, the end of the schedule is brutal. They have to win this game. I okay. thought they should have won okay. week one. So okay. yeah, I mean that game was there for them. To win. Okay, Derek Havens goes with. A must win. Boy, I haven't heard that all week. It's I almost a said must that week win. one. A must win. <laughs> Man, so, you, should, no. you should be on TV here. It's a must win. Okay. You know what I would encourage everyone to do? Watch what? Ohio State C.J. Stroud because if the Patriots are in the top five, I wonder if they could be in the quarterback market. Uh, I, listen, <laughs> I would recommend everyone watching the University of Oklahoma. And we'll end there. <laughs> That's right. Let's Welcome go. Horns, horns up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> And let the rivalry continue. But that's going to do it for this episode. Before we go, I do have to roll mention tide. Roll Tide. <laughs> we got Steve saying Roll Tide. I do want to mention because Ian will kill me if I don't subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please leave Derek a positive review. You can leave me it. a negative one. I'm used to that because I get a, a good amount of them. So please leave Derek and Steve positive reviews. It does help Patriots fans find us. All right. Great show, guys. But we do have to wrap it up. For Steve Balstrieri and Derek Havens, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com.